What the? Mike, did you pick this? What? Hey, welcome to the Wise Guys Podcast. I'm Dr. Michael Tarian. And I'm Scott Lieb. We're two friends who are following Jesus into the joys and challenges of everyday life. Well, we are back again, and this time it's it's uh it's your turn. It's my turn. What do you wanna what do you wanna chit and chat about? Well, I had a lot of ideas, but I think the one I wanted to go with today was models of masculinity. Ooh, that sounds fancy. Yeah, yeah. Well, the reason is because it seems like out there in the culture, there's just a lot of conversation going on, uh, and we are being sort of pigeonholed between extremes, and I find it pretty troublesome, quite honestly. But we're sort of we're sort of locked into either having to be these kind of mamby pamby, soft sort of metro male types and have to be really, um, you know, effeminized or uh, we're being we're being pushed into a kind of hyper uber masculinity um, and uh, these kind of models of the strong man, which to me strike me as as very juvenile and immature um, and there's lots of voices out there, you know, in the in the media world and the culture that are, you know, I guess you could say polemically engaged in trying to vie for the attention of young men. And and I think part of the reason this is on my mind so much is because my son, my son Joe in particular, is is always like sending me these social media posts and mm. saying, "What do you think of this?" And my response is always, "Well." What do you think about it? Like, why are you sending this to me? What do you think about it? But I do try to, I, tr- I try to respond to him, and I usually have a pretty strong opinion because usually he's what he's showing me are sort of just like extremes. So anyway, I just thought it would be good to talk about mm. this, um, and and really to to, I think it, you and I both have. Um, you know, shared with each other over the years the fact that we we both feel like we had great dads and we really loved our fathers. And I think we both feel like our our fathers modeled a real kind of heroic uh, Mm. form of fatherhood and masculinity, but it it wasn't anything sensationalized, sensationalized. Not something that you'd make a movie about per se, but but it was really solid. And, uh, and, And I would guess that that had to do a lot with uh, their faith and and their desire to imitate, at least as far as they understood, who they believed Jesus to be. And I think it'd be good to talk about that too, just like what what is the model yeah. of masculinity that Jesus gives us? Uh, because that's probably what we should aim for, it seems to me. So I have... Uh just that introduction makes me think of several several things that I'm the questions that I want to understand it a little bit better. So one would be, um, yeah, like uh, with us, uh, a pre-social media, you know, pre-smartphone kind of generation, um, 
it never seemed to be an issue. This this question of like, well, what what does masculinity look like, or why are we struggling to understand masculinity? So yeah, I do think it would be really good to kind of talk about our dads and and how they modeled it, and you know the good and the bad of that for us, and uh, the positives, and maybe you know some of the some of the uh, drawbacks to it. But then the other thing is like, yeah, like why is this, why is this a crisis all of a sudden? Why, like, why do we have this? Um, just yeah, people are going crazy trying to understand. Like, what what does it mean to be a man? Like, what's that mean to be masculine? And um, I, you know, I guess uh, I guess maybe it's just because of how I grew up. I just feel like. Yeah, like a, a guy is a guy is a guy like it. And I, 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 I'm, I tend to like not overanalyze something unless I think it maybe needs a deeper exploration. But it does seem like the culture that we're in right now, um, like your son, you know, probably my son's a little bit younger, but um, I th- so much of it is just driven by technology and social media of what they see is and what's trending and what's viral and that's like the thing that everybody needs to be focused on and talking about and so yeah I mean like where why 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 do we have this crisis and you know I guess maybe the best thing to do would be starting with art like why how how did your dad yeah model masculinity yeah well let me I want to say one thing and then I'll jump into that but just I do think that um, I think our young people feel like they're being forced into a conversation that's actually not a conversation. It's it's like a one way. It's just a platform of sort of making pronouncements and trying to get clicks, trying to get likes. And so uh, the opinions that are expressed on social media just get more and more extreme. And suddenly you're 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 faced as a young person we're like well do i have to like decide between these things and yet none of it's real like like in right. real life people people are experiencing all of this very differently than the way it's kind of being spoken about um and hyper dramatized and so anyway i just want to say no, that no, because, I because, totally get because that. it, it yeah. the reason why like we didn't I wouldn't say that we didn't think about what it meant to be a guy and we didn't have our own struggles about either measuring up or fitting in or whatever, but we didn't do it so so ridiculously self-consciously like, be, <laughs> yeah. because we didn't have these things pushed, shoved into our face, you know, and, and highly produced, too. I mean, a lot of these social media um, personalities, these influencers, you know, these are highly produced, you know, episodes of whatever, and... And our young people sit around and just consume these hours upon hours a day. So it it raises questions that probably shouldn't be raised. And people didn't think about like this when we were younger. We just like, yeah, you're right. Guys were guys, girls were girls, and you know, you just kind of like muddled your way through all that, especially as an adolescent. But but yeah, let's let's talk about our dads because it is a good starting point. Um, you know, for me, uh, you know, my 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 dad. Um, you know, I, I look, you know, I've, I've always looked up to him. We, we, we had some tension when I was, when I was younger, um, probably because we were a lot alike actually, but, and I think sometimes I got on his nerves, but, um, but I mean, you know, 
I always looked up to him and I always respected him. And there are just certain things I guess I would say that that to me were um, were marks of uh, what a true man should be. Uh, you know, like some of these things are just like really obvious things. First of all, he was very faithful to my mom and he was he really loved her. And he didn't just love her, but he showed affection for her in front of us kids. And um, and he would, you know, he didn't do it to make a point. He just did it because it's just who he was. Um, and he wasn't, you know, it wasn't like obnoxiously affectionate. I mean, they they were very modest uh, in their in their emotional expressions. My mom was kind of a German type personality, so he wasn't grabbing her butt in the kitchen. No, 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 no. But <laughs> but he would just say things like, you know, I just, you know, like. Gosh, you know, I mean, we, we've been married all these years, and I just love you more and more. You know, I just like mm-hmm. I never, I never uh, ceased to to love you. So that was a big deal. Um, it was always really clear. I mean, he was always ho- he was always home for dinner whenever he whenever he could be, um, and uh, so being with the family and and being part of our our day to day life was really important to him. So he was present. He was just always there, and um, you know, he would um, he would discipline us. That that was a mark of his fatherliness. His his, ma- his 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 masculinity was that he didn't take any guff, as he would say, from <laughs> us. Um, and uh, and uh, so we you know we got disciplined, but he wasn't particularly harsh in his discipline. But he was firm and consistent with that. Um, you know, and he uh, but he was also he was also uh, very good at at you know bringing. Us back reconciling us with it, you know when we were wayward and he would do that by sitting down and talking to us and talking through situations and letting he would l- hear us out and listen to what we had to say even if in the end we were wrong and he disagreed you know so there was a gentle side to him he was very tender in that way um, but he was also a fighter too like not a physical fighter although he did have a story when he used to tell us when he was younger, and he hauled off and hit some guy for giving him, just disrespecting him in front of his peers. And yeah, sometimes you just gotta, you know, <laughs> you just gotta <laughs> settle the matter and <laughs> and knock a guy to the ground. Uh, but generally, he wasn't a fighter in that kind of way. He wasn't like I would never describe my dad as a ball, like a a mm. brawler. Yeah, know? yeah. But but he was a fighter and he was a very principled man and he and he didn't he didn't tolerate being disrespected he didn't tolerate nonsense and he and he had a lot of courage to stand up when it became a matter of principle and stand for what was right or at least what he believed was right and he just didn't you know he didn't mess around and he didn't cower before that and he was very spirited in the way he did that but. But it was always because there was a moral principle on the line, or his integrity, or his sense of self-respect, and and um, and so you know some people tried to push him around, or you know business dealings he had where people were disrespectful to him, and he just didn't take that. So anyway, I mean that's a lot of things to to start with. But you know, how about you? I mean, like, what are some of the things you would describe? Wow, <clears throat> um, you know, my dad is uh, a descendant of farmers uh, going back like four generations five generations uh so i think there was just a lot of that you know um in his blood it was just uh very like simple my dad um was a guy who just kept things very simple he didn't he wasn't big on drama at all he didn't he didn't uh introduce drama 
into the family, and he would actively uh, shield drama from from entering into the family. So, you know, it's kind of like this mantra in our family that, uh, you know, you only take seriously what needs to be taken seriously. And, and I would say that's really something that my dad brought to the family. And so... Um, he, you know, uh, grew up in uh, in a generationally, you know, faithful Catholic family. Everybody, everybody would go to church, and so he sort of also brought that, um, you know, I, I always say an installation of good habits in terms of church and committing to that. That there's something important about it, even if he couldn't articulate it. You know, like in he wasn't, and he would never, he would never, like, claim to be this, you know, deep theologian and stuff like that, but he knew that church was good, and so um, we went to church every single weekend as a family. Uh, same thing, we ate dinners, we ate, you know, meals as a family. Um, my dad worked really hard. That was kind of like the the farmer mentality of, like, you just, you you put in an honest and hard day's work, and um, so he, you know, his job, he worked really hard at his job and um, he was a, a kind of a, a, a just a very friendly guy, like people, his his uh, customers and people that he interacted with really liked him. So he had this kind of joy, like just a, a fun kind of spirit about him. And that's a thing. So he would work hard and then he would come home and and he would like either work in the garden or or you know play with us like wrestle with 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 his boys and um and uh so yeah i mean i just i think the thing he modeled most and patient patient with my mom uh very very patient my mom i'm uh, i'll say this probably in many podcasts but my mom is like She's a, a like a mother bear, you know. She'll rip people apart who attack her children, which is a nice quality to feel in your mom that protectiveness. Um, but she's also just kind of like a yeah, like a really fiery sort of fighter kind of personality. And my you know my mom would try to sometimes bring that in, and my dad was very patient but very firm. Like you know he he had a sense of what was right and wrong, conviction about him without being over the top or like, you know, I mean, make jokes about men and women and their roles and stuff like that. But he wasn't like a chauvinist. Like he didn't sort of walk around like it with an arrogance about that. Um, so, I mean, yeah, like, so I grew up just really like there was so many, there was a lot of qualities about my dad that I was like, as I grew older, maybe I fought a little bit against, you know, like, the rules and stuff like anybody else does. But at some point in my younger 20s, when I'm starting to live out in the real world and, and you know, get married and things like that, there was a lot of times where I was like looking back on, well, how would my dad do this? Like, how would my dad react in this situation? And so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think one thing, too, and I, we, you know, I know this from previous conversations we've had, but I think one word that would describe both of our dads is a kind of steadfastness, you know, just there was nothing glamorous in the lives they lived. They got up, they went to work, they worked hard, they brought home, you know, uh, the paycheck, you know, both of our mothers were stay-at-home moms, and, uh, and, and they, you know, they didn't, my dad for sure did not do 
a career because he had some big ambition to make a lot of money. He didn't do it because he had some massive sense of purpose in what he was doing. It, it, it was it was the job that he did. He sold insurance. He had his own insurance agency for a lot of years. Later on, he 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 went into uh, a little. He tried to get into to marriage counseling. He got a degree in in uh, in, in counseling. Mm-hmm. Tried that. Try his hand at that for a while. He was a little ahead of his time, so that didn't pan out so well. But eventually, he and my mother founded uh, Community Homes, this this uh, community for um, assisted living for people with uh, high functioning people with disabilities. There's so that's kind of their legacy. But but for most of my life growing up, my dad just you know he just he just worked, and um, I think today, and I, I bring that into comparison is like there's just so much emphasis on making your mark on the world yeah. or. Yeah. You know, or, or externalizing your value and your importance. So you got to be all buff, and you know, or you've got to have some big glam job that you know is sexy and and powerful and influential. And but the reality, I mean, that's what's put in front of young people today. Sure. But the reality is, and I tell my son this all the time. It's like ninety nine percent of men just get a job and and just you know try to you know. Provide and sure. and go to work and come home and their main thing is their 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 hopefully it's their family right uh, their 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 the family that they're uh, trying to provide for and support. Um, well, know. I think that's a big difference. Like for me, that's a big difference. Very kind of the same. My dad, I I think my dad had his priorities right. You know, and I think that that God was first, that, you know, like there, there was a commitment to that, um, faith, you know, like however that looked, you know, it wasn't like, you know, my dad wasn't, we're German Catholics. So it was like, you just do it. You like, you go every week, you, if there's music, you're sort of disappointed because you just want (laughs) to get in and get out, you know, like, but, but there was a deep commitment to it. Like it was good that was the most important thing. Like there were, there were very few other commitments that my parents would be like, you got to go to that. Like that has to be the thing you go to. And then second to that was, you know, his, his wife and his family. Like, yeah, there was job was not, was definitely not placed above any of that stuff. Like a pursuit of like, you know, drawing attention to himself or a pursuit of, wealth or a pursuit of fame or anything like that like yeah it was just a very it was a rightly ordered kind of thing and I think that that's you know there everybody loves you know there there are a lot of people that want to be liebs (laughs) yeah here comes the arrogance no but I say that in the sense of like like my my family does convey this sort of sense of like when people see the way we live, when people, you know, like hang around with us, they get a sense that there's something, there's something right about the, the, the way we live our lives, like it, at its, you know, at its core. And I think that's just like, me- yeah, like the right order of masculinity, femininity, like it's all, I think, pretty well balanced. And I think, I think people when, you know, especially people that are coming from a situation where that's not the case, they see that and they're intrigued by it. And they're, you know, like, yeah, all the ladies want to be leaps. I mean, they, they, uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. So, well, I, I, I would say that what, what you're describing is, you know, you were, you guys are a strong 
Catholic clan with with strong chieftains, so to speak, and the the strength is in the moral and spiritual leadership that uh, that your your dad modeled, and I think my dad modeled too. I mean, our clan isn't like nearly as big. My dad was an only child. Mm-hmm. We had six kids in our family. But you know, when he he was buried in February in March, we he died in February, and we 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 had his funeral out in Seattle, and and it was it was kind of a similar experience. Just you know, it was uh, a lot of people came, and and my dad and my mom had a lot of respect from the community. But it wasn't because they were flashy. It's just because they were tireless servants of truth, of integrity, of hard work, of giving back, of just basic Christian values. And so people looked to our family like there's a stronghold right there. Yeah. And, and I know growing up, a lot of families were falling apart in the 70s and 80s around us. They were getting, There were divorces, and, and people would come to us. They had gone to my parents. You know, my parents spent a lot of time with different couples trying to help them, you know, kind of get back on their feet. But my parents had something very special, but one of it was the complementarian distinction of their roles yes. as, as, a, as mother, father, as husband, and wife. Yeah, and it wasn't rigidly, you know, it wasn't it wasn't overly idealistic, idealized. Yes, you know, my dad did things that were kind of non-traditional, and my mom did some things that were non-traditional. But the point is, is that they were a team, and they complemented each other um, in both, you know, a feminine and a masculine way. And they divided the labor of the household, and their and their family was first, and they inculcated those values. Um, but my dad definitely exercised a kind of moral and a spiritual leadership in the family, and I think your dad did too. Yeah. It was quiet; it wasn't necessarily right. like preachy. It was just, it was just obvious. And um, and as a result of that, you know, things just get baked into your your life and your experience. As you grow up, you're like, oh, I got to pass that on. I remember when I was discerning my own kind of vocation in my 20s, I, I had a short stint of thinking about whether I should be a priest or not, and I remember feeling very like a very strong sense from God, no, no, you, you have a responsibility to have a family and pass on the values that have passed down through the men in the Tarian line. And that again, that might sound arrogant, but I really felt that very deeply because my grandfather was a very good man too. And he passed that on to my father, and my father has passed it on to my brother and I, and and um, you know, and 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 so again, it's a it's a sort of quiet, unassuming, unpretentious kind of masculinity. Yeah. Well, and I would say for for me, like uh, being being a more creative kind of person and personality, um, you know, my dad my dad is definitely not. Uh, um, yeah, can't draw <laughs> to save his life. Uh, I don't. I'm not even sure my dad knows how to write. But uh, no, I'm just kidding. He he does. But um, you know, uh, th- that was that was a really interesting dynamic because it's like I am. I'm not like I'm not drawn to like necessarily the blue collar existence. You know, like getting my hands dirty and in the, in the you know like in planting and that, you know, kind of like the traditional farmer type thing. Or, you know, my dad um, delivered fuel products and stuff like that, you know. And I was drawn, I was definitely, my personality was drawn more towards highly creative things. But the underlying thing I think I took away from that 
was more just this modeling of whatever it is you do. And, and my dad, my dad probably didn't understand, you know, like my motivations and, and, um, the way my brain thought and things like that, but he respected that that's how I was made up. And it was more this, whatever you do, um, you try your hardest, like you use your gifts to the best of your ability and you, um, you treat people well, like you treat people respectfully. So you do your job as best as you can. You work hard and you're honest and, um, and then you treat people well, like you don't. And that's, I think that's one of the things like in this discussion of masculinity is like masculinity most definitely, uh, was never modeled as like being degrading or demeaning to women or quote unquote, putting women in their place it really was like respecting, respecting women for who they are, you know, like what, what they can, what they bring to the table. Um, and so, um, yeah, like those are just, for me, those were some of the more basic underlying things, like do my job well, try my hardest, treat people well, love my wife as, as best I can, you know, and, um, yeah, my, so. yeah, my dad. I mean, it was exactly the same for me, you know, and I remember one time, probably the best, <laughs> raising me, I remember, I, and again, I'm not, not meaning to boast here at all, but when I was in college, I had a job one summer as a construction crew, and I remember my boss, I found out about this from my dad, but my 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 boss went to my dad and, and said, Michael is a diamond in the rough, meaning, you know, it's hard to find a kid who knows how to work and do stuff. Well, that was high praise to my dad, mm, like yeah. not so much to me. I mean, I was just doing what I was taught to do, but, but, um, but he just, he, he sowed those values, you know, in me. So very similar to you. But the other thing you point, you pointed out, which I think is really important, you know, sometimes I think I see fathers, sometimes they're hyper, they're, they're overzealous fathers, especially on the sideline of a sports field where they're really trying to live vicariously through their children <laughs> And they're trying to relive their glory days, or maybe they're trying to they're trying to capitulate the glory days they actually never had themselves, but somehow their their son's going to have them. And I I saw it in soccer all the time with Seth. It it just drove me crazy, mm. and I always thought, oh poor kids, like, those kids are never going to grow up just being who God made them to be. And that's the sign of a good father. A father knows what kind of plants are in his garden, and he knows how to grow each type of plant. And every kid in a family, and you guys had more kids than our family did, but, um, but you know, every kid's different. And a good father can see what they see in their children and create a, a space and, and the right soil for that kid to grow and flourish and not try to make them into something like, you have to do what I did. Mm -hmm. And, I, yeah. you know, I remember even with my own kids, you know, uh, my, my oldest, for example, very intellectually gifted, and for a long time, you know, he was like, I'm not... I'm not you, Dad. I'm not going to become a scholar and a professor. Um, that remains to be seen, but but the reality is 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 I I don't I don't want you to be. Mm. I mean, together we're going to figure out who God made you to be, and and I'm going to encourage you to step into the gifts and talents that emerge under this roof, you know, as we raise you. And my job is is to help you grow into the person God made you to be. That's my job as your father, and and to kind of give you some indications, give you some encouragement, maybe some discipline, you know, to be 
be that person. But I, I learned that from my dad. My, yeah. my dad gave me so much latitude and so much freedom um, to be uh, who I was. There were aspects of my personality that drove him crazy. Like I was really hyper as a kid. Um, I bounced off the walls. He used to he he described me as a as a as a bead of water on a hot skillet. Man, you just never could sit still. You <laughs> and you you just you made so much noise. Just drove my dad crazy. But 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 he but I remember I, I remember one time you know he he just could see in each of us kids like what we were. And he, it was very obvious that there was no kind of superimposed form. Um, and each one of us kids does something very different from each other. And he loved all of it, you know. And I think a good father does. Looks at, looks at the garden they created and rejoices in, in every one, you know. Um, mm -hmm. So anyway, that's just, I, I think it was interesting you brought that up. Yeah. I think that the, uh, the discipline discipline part is really important and you know and this is all in the context of like how how do you how do you instill discipline and how do you enforce discipline in a way where um it is godly you know it's not extreme it's not over the top it's not because um you know some of my siblings are just i think have have more self-discipline because they're they're wired that way. They're just high in discipline. Um, I, on the other hand, have very little self-discipline naturally, and I've uh, never never noticed that about you. <laughs> I'm sure, and it it but it is like I, um, you know, my my dad. Say, I think you were saying earlier how your dad would, you know, would, like we were. It was it was almost like uh, there was the house, and then my dad created a fence. And within that fence, you know, we had freedom to sort of um, roam about. But once we, you know, if we would try to jump that fence, then, you know, we'd get paddled or we'd, you know, whatever the discipline might be. Um, it was never excessive, but it was necessary. And it, it, it instilled just enough of, like, understanding the concept of boundaries and... You know, to, like there's lines that can be crossed, you know, and I feel like that's what my dad um, helped me to do. And, I, you know, what I'm trying to do with my own sons, because self-discipline, you know, it, so for some people it comes a little bit more naturally. But for most people, it has to like you have to start fairly early creating that structure of like, um yeah, like being having somebody be able to discern what's like think through ahead of we, we have a phrase for my one son. And it's like just because you can doesn't mean you should, you know, because a lot of times and he's probably more like me, which is so frust it's like the frustrating part about it. But it's like he'll 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 do something without without any sort of reflection or thinking through like where is this going to go? And so many times it ends up hurting somebody or making somebody cry or breaking something. And it's like, like, you know, trying to trying to instill that discipline. And I think my dad, um, my dad did a fairly good job of that, like that there were just some basic principles that the, that the man had a had a more of a more of a strong role in instilling, you know, like 
my mom could sit there and yell, and my wife can sit there and yell at the kids forever. But when my dad raised his voice, or when I raised my voice, my kids' attention it be- becomes way more like, okay, what's what what's being said? What needs to be done? And um, yeah, but I, it, I think that's. I mean, I do think God gives a certain authority to fathers. Yeah. Um, so here would be a question for me: like, what is so? What is going on? You know, I guess in some ways we had it sort of easy, you know, like we didn't have to sit here as as uh, young adults, as young men, hyper analyzing what it means to be a man, because there's the, it, really we're living in this time of hyper confusion, uh, a million different social media celebrities, quote unquote, like telling us what that means Um or, you know, there's a voice on the other side of telling you what a man shouldn't be, you know, and like if you're a young person, I mean, what do you do? How do you help? How do you help somebody? Obviously, we're parents and we can do this directly and we can draw on what we learn. But what if you're somebody who does not have that uh, support or that modeling or that example? Like, I mean... Yeah. Oh, well, I mean. Or do we just say good luck and we yeah. we have our own yeah, people mean, to focus on. So no, I mean, it, I, I don't want to say that, but I, I do think that that, you know, the Christian tradition has a really good model model and models, I would say, of masculinity. We have to be careful that we don't idealize them. You know, we that that. There's a human element to all this, but but I I think that um, yeah. Can you go into that a little bit more? Like, so so for instance, you say like we have examples. So obviously, I would say Jesus would be an example of uh, well, yeah. So good masculinity. Yeah. So yeah. Li- like, so what would be those characteristics that you? Would yeah. Well, um, I mean, I let's I mean let's start with with really the the. Um, the fullest expression of of Jesus's manhood, which is the cross. Um, Paul mm. tells us in Ephesians five, you know, that men are to love their wives as Christ loved the church. Well, how did Christ love the church? He emptied himself and and presented his his bride without spot or wrinkle. Mm. Uh, there's a certain responsibility. In other words, our as men, our strength and our power. Is is meant to be placed at the service of, um, you know, our bride, and, and our children. Uh, Paul Paul has so so much good advice actually. Like he talks about fathers not provoking their children, you know. Uh, and you and I both know that our children can frustrate us, and we can really harp and or you know really lay into them. Yeah, deep. I need to work on that one. Yeah. And when we do that, it's very demoralizing to them because uh, because by nature, um, and I and I've discovered this as a father, kind of in hindsight, when my kids like they open up about something I said and how it impacted them, and I'm like, oh boy, <laughs> Ooh, you know, where I really really laid into them, and and um, not not that mothers don't do the same thing; they can too. But for some reason, the judgment of a father seems to be taken to heart in a way that uh, is just it almost feels unfair sometimes because you know we 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 
we would, if we knew in the beginning, we would be much more judicious and much more careful about mm-hmm. how we handle things. And unfortunately, sure. when we're young fathers and we're just starting out, we, you know, we can, we can blow it mm. from time to time. But, but I, but I think that Christ, so Christ, his, the fundamental, the first principle of his, of his, of his masculinity is revealed through his self-emptying. Like he poured himself out and he suffered a lot to do that. So you like your dad being patient with your mom is a good example of that, right? Um, my dad, uh, I w- example I'd use is my dad had a job that he didn't love for, for a lot of years and, you know, um, and he suffered a lot of things, you know, career-wise in order to provide for the family and different things. So, you know, and and, and they did it quietly. It wasn't like there was a constant string litany of complaints and, you know, you just, you know, like, you know, every once in a while they would, you know, have a moment, but yeah. for the most part, they just, you know, did their thing and they did their job. And so, uh, you know, or I think the other area that we haven't talked about is, and it's huge right now in, in the conversations out in the culture is sexuality. Like how, I think our fathers taught us how a man treats a woman. And, you know, was my dad attracted to my mom? Yeah, of course. Did he, you know, did he want to have sex with her? Absolutely. <laughs> but he had so much respect for her femininity, and and I, I don't want to go into all the intimate details of, you know, what I've learned from my father about that because maybe I'd be giving away too much. But huh. but the point is, is he was just he was very respectful of her, um, and, and her femininity, and he um, he never objectified her, mm. and he didn't use her, and he didn't pressure her, and he didn't. He didn't exercise what I call the male prerogative. Like he, yeah, well, there were times when he he really wanted to be, you know, sure. come together, and she wasn't in the mood and didn't want to. But he didn't he didn't carry on as far as I can tell about that, right? You know, um, you know, and he he just um, I mean, there are two things I was going to share this. Two things that my dad used to say, and and. This sounds weird, but but I it always made me laugh. And, and now that I've been married twenty six years, I I can see the wisdom of what he said. But when when before I got married, he said, he said I just want you to remember two things, Michael. He says in the first year of marriage, if you have two jars, one's full of pennies, and and the other one's empty, he goes, if you put a penny in the one jar into the empty jar every time you have sex, from year two to the rest of your life, you're probably not gonna. Remove all the pennies from that one jar. <laughs> you know, maybe that's not categorically true for everybody, but my he was trying to teach me a lesson. The second thing he said was, was hey, if there's 10 things that you have to do, you know, for the good of your family, sex is probably going to be number 10. Now, what that taught me was a, a certain, the, the value of a certain self-restraint that, 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 you know, you can have a lot of desires and a lot of urges, but they have to be integrated and they have to be, you know, enveloped into a total life picture of, of service to your wife and your family. And, and you'll have those moments. But in it, and it just taught me a certain, um, the value of self-restraint and also the value of, of being able to love my wife passionately when those moments occur in mm. In life, and there's seasons of married life where that, you know, where it's it's not so frequent because of one thing or another. But I haven't gone there yet. Yeah, <laughs> it's probably true. <laughs> but 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 the point that yeah, I hate kids and 
counting, but um, <laughs> but but the the point is is that the way so the the presenting Christ saying presenting his bride without spot or wrinkle. I think mm-hmm. what Paul is trying to tell men is that there there is a there is a respect and an honoring of a woman's sexuality that is that is part and parcel of what it means to be a man. And and the way Christ treated women is foundational. Obviously he wasn't sexual with them, but he had tremendous respect for women and 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 honored them for the image of God that they bear in the uniqueness and distinctiveness of their femininity. Mm. And of course every woman's got a different personality. So that doesn't look exactly sure. the same across sure. marriages. But yeah. But but to me that's that's a fundamental starting point. Mm. Now Paul says lots of other little anecdotal things along the way which we can look into. But you know that those are my yeah. my, my initial long thought on that. On no, that that's point. that's it's all it's all good thoughts. I um, and just to sort of go off of that, um, one thing that's happened recently for me that's been just uh, I mean it's gratifying. It's gratifying whenever any of your your kids might um, point out the things you're doing right as a parent and especially as a dad because um, I had three daughters first and there's just this uh, yeah as a dad you're like there's a level of concern for like the the purity and the the girls you just want them to be you want them to be treated you know, you want them to be loved and treated well and respected by their, you know, um, their boyfriends or whoever they decide to date or marry. And um, but anyway, I, you know, I'm one of those guys that I do like to, you know, I go up and show my wife a little bit of affection and, and uh, you know, when she's doing when she's working in, let's say, like doing the dishes or something like that. Not that my wife is the only one that does the dishes. Yeah, you do the cooking. You do the cooking. (laughs) That's true. Right. So we have a nice uh, symbiotic relationship there. But, you know, and, but, but it's going into that thing of like, you know, I, I don't want to objectify my wife, but I want like in those moments, I just want to express like a real attraction or a real, you know, love for my wife and, and I think my kids see that, like sometimes to the point where they're like, "Ew, gross, Dad!" Yeah. Like, what? yeah. And um, but one of one of my daughters recently, uh, you know, wrote me a wrote me a letter and and then affirmed this like vocally. But but she's like, "You you've really showed me how um, how like how you love mom, like how a man should love me," and I like that was like holy crap, like, I haven't totally messed this thing up, you know? Like, <laughs> Oh, I'm sure you haven't. And but, uh, yeah. No, but I mean, it's like, yeah, that's what I want. That's obviously as a well, dad. It is high praise. It is, it is super high praise. And, um, yeah, so anyway, it's it, it's just really... My ki- my my kids are all, they're all like smartphone and, and social media children and... You know, like they're born in that time frame. I don't. We don't give our kids cell phones till they're sixteen, so we hope to delay that as <gasps> much as possible. I know. What? Gasp! How in the How world? How do they live? Yes. But but they do consume social media, and it is amazing how the message of that is so often um, 
it's like you said earlier. It it tends to go to these extremes. It's either like hype, like men have to be hyper masculine, aggr- you know, like find outlets for aggression, you know, and uh, battle the the warriors, like all this stuff. That's like, oh God, can't can't they just live a normal manly life? You know, like why do they have to have all these ideal sort of things attached to it? And then on the other side of that, of course, is like. You know this this whole notion that that it's all blended, it's all blurred. You know, like what what manhood is, what womanhood is, and you know, and that's up to each person to sort of like um, determine or to for themselves, regardless of of how they're born. And it, it's just a very you know like that it is. And if it's a battle of uh, if anything, it's a battle of just trying to combat the confusion of those extremes, you know, because, yeah, I do believe Jesus is always sort of right in the middle of these things, you know, like he can exhibit, he can exhibit the, um, you know, well, I don't know if Jesus was ever sort of the warrior, if he, and he probably didn't, I don't know if he needed to be, he was just sort of like a balanced, you know, kind of thing. He was a sensitive guy who cried whenever his friends died, you know, but he was also like, um, a guy who had to flip a table or two whenever, whenever you know, he had to make his point made. Yeah, and yeah I mean, I think his he was a warrior in his confrontation with uh, you know with the leaders. Um, that took that took a lot of courage. Yeah, and a lot right. of a lot of strength. So it, it's not necessarily a, he was combative, but he wasn't a soldier in that sense. But you know, yeah, no, I think it's. Uh, you know, I, I, you're the, to get that from your daughters is, that's a huge, or your, you know, daughter, I don't know which one it was, but, yeah, but, you know, that is, that, that is high praise and it, and it is, um, I'm going to admit, don't tell anybody, yeah, but she made me cry. <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah. Because I think that you, we model things and we, like, is anybody paying attention? Like, anybody <laughs> right. watching? Yeah. Are you picking this up? But they <laughs> right. do. Like yeah. they do, they learn more from what they watch than what they hear us preach at them, mm. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, but uh, the the other thing I um I wanted to mention was just that I also learned some things from my mom about like I I developed a sense of my masculinity, a healthy integrated masculinity from things that my mom did, and and I'd point to two things. One is is that she um I always tell the story that. You know, when I was a sophomore and I was, and really shot up yet, I was still pretty, um, pretty small. Maybe I was a junior, but I, I just, you know, I looked like I was a, I was very young looking for my age, pretty small. And I, I, I gotten dressed up for a dance, you know, and I came, I came down and, and she, you know, and she looked at me and, and, and just said, wow, you look really handsome. And she was very sincere about it. And, mm. and it just felt really good. Like there was a real, aff- her, my, you know, having a woman affirm me in my mm. masculinity it was, was a, I remember, I've never forgotten it because it made such an impression on me at the time. You know, it could have been something that just I forgot two weeks later, but mm. I have never forgotten it. Um, it was a big deal. But one of the things she did, and this might strike some people as controversial, but so my, my mother used to iron my dad's shirts every, uh, every week, Thursdays. 
usually Thursday night. She'd have the TV on and she'd be ironing my dad's shirt shirts for the next week. And um, you know, I honestly think that she did that largely, you know, uh, because we just didn't have the budget that could afford my dad getting his shirts starched every week, mm -hmm. even back then in the seventies or whatever, you know. But my mom taught me and my brother how to iron our shirts. And she would never iron our shirts for anything that we were getting ready for, like a dance or whatever. Mm. Like, you're going to iron your own shirts. Now, she never stated it explicitly, but she made it very clear. It's like your, your wife, your, your women are not indentured servants. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, I, I, I love your dad, and therefore... I iron his shirts for him, but there is to be no expectation among my boys that this is what a woman is automatically assigned to do. Mm. And it's funny because Lynn doesn't iron. So I'm the one who irons. I still iron my shirts to this day, and I'm t I teach all my kids how to iron because yeah. they don't know how to iron. And the other thing she made me do is clean toilets and clean the bathtub. And I still do that in the house a lot. I, you know, I get on my hands and knees and I scrub the floor. And, and, and there are some people that say, well, that's women's work or that's, you know, and, and, and I'm like, yeah, that's exactly the kind of attitude that precipitated the kind of radicalization of the feminist movement. Mm. Is that kind of chauvinistic sort of like there's certain boxes we're going to stuff, you know, yeah. women into and i think men can be stuffed into certain boxes too you know men can't show emotions or sure you know um those kinds of things but so i think we have to be careful i guess is what i'm saying is that we can't identify masculinity and femininity with stereotypes um and that you know when you try to have a philosophical discussion about that it gets kind of it gets kind of tricksy and complex because it's like, where's the line between sort of mm -hmm. nature and convention here? But, but the point is, is that whatever my mom and dad did for each other and for the family, they did it from a place of love and a desire to serve, and and they came up with an arrangement that made the most sense for the family. Yeah, and I think my wife and I do the same thing, and there isn't perfect like idealized role alignment. It's like you know, um. And it's the same with you guys, you know, like I just mentioned, you know, you're, you, you're the cook in the family. You cook the dinner and, yeah. and Becky does the dishes and she also, um, uh, rakes the leaves and mows the grass and shovels the snow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah, I, I, I just think it's a great point though. Yeah. It's a great point that things are done like, yeah, things are done out of love, um, and not, you know, not out of some sort of boxed kind of black and white, you know, this is what you have to do or this is what you're supposed to do because you're the man or because you're the woman, you know. And, um, yeah, I think the whole masculinity thing goes way deeper than just what your, what your, uh, what your roles are, like day to day in the family, you know. Right. Um, so. Yeah, so, so, you know, by way of, like, how would you summarize then, you know, like, w w talking about models of masculinity, what are, you know, what are some features or marks of, of an authentic and integrated masculinity that mm. that young 
young men should. Well, one thing that I would one thing, on yeah. Him. Before even going into just real quick, before going into maybe those individual traits or or qualities, you know, I I feel like people, and this is just a general statement, but if you're watching a video of somebody online or on you know YouTube or whatever talking about what it means to be a man, what masculinity means, I think you know it. It helps to be discerning of is this person really is this person really trying to tell me what it means to be a man or is this person trying to um, draw attention to themselves so that they like they can become more and more popular, you know, and because there's yeah, I mean, you have to be very discerning, like just because somebody's popular and has a million views of a video doesn't necessarily mean that what they're saying is, is worth listening to, you know, it's, there's so much garbage out there from people that are trying to tell young people yeah. and, what, and it, what it looks like or what it doesn't look like. So, I, you know, going back to what you said, I think, as always, it's always like, well, how did Jesus model that, you know, and, and, I, and then how did, how did the models of what my dad did model what Jesus is, my understanding of how Jesus models that, and then finding the, you know, like looking at my dad's life, I could say there are some there are some areas where it's like, I think Jesus probably did a better job of it. And and I want to work. <laughs> and I want to yeah, probably. Right, yeah. And I want to work on those areas myself. And so I do think, like you said, sacrifice, like um, sacrifice for the sake of uh, of, you know, my my faith and my relationship with the Lord. But also for my my wife most importantly and then my children after that and um so it's you know it's not just a selfish pursuit of all of my because i am a dude that's loaded with passions and desires and uh, like and they can get they can get unhinged and unbridled really quickly and i can become very self self-serving and um so, yeah, it's just that constant pursuit of like knowing, knowing when I'm knowing my place and, and being able to sacrifice for the sake of, of those that are in my care. You know, um, that I think, um, you know, patience and respect, you know, uh, being, yeah, just respecting the dignity of women. Like, and I don't, without, without conditions, you know, like, just because a woman projects herself a certain way or just because, um, you know, a, a stereotype of what she might, quote unquote, want or be trying to like the message she might be trying to give and what she's wearing or how, how she's carrying herself doesn't matter. You know, like all men, I believe, like the masculine thing is to just respect women as as. Uh, creations of God and, and to be treated with respect and um, most especially you know your wives or your the people that you're closest to in relationships like that um, and uh, just work you know yeah like like knowing your gifts knowing knowing the gifts that God gave you and putting those to good holy use you know like not not abusing those or not destroying the world around you, people around you and the exercise of those gifts. So kind of building the kingdom in your own little way, whether that's just going and and doing your work um, f- 
faithfully and honestly, you know, or um, or maybe it is literally helping to build a kingdom. Um, but doing your work, being honest, you know, being uh, uh, a genuine person, you know, authentic and not duplicity and not being two faced or or, you know, like there's and wow, I don't know. I mean, those are some of the ones just off the top of my head that that I would say. Am I wrong, or is that right? No, I, I think those are all good things. I mean, it, you know, it's hard to put a really simple definition around it. it I, I think it's, you know, I mean, I think that if there's something distinct about a man's constitution, it's that there's a power and a strength in man that that it, it can be both physical and and, and emotional, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, in terms of our passions and our and our feelings. So. Um, and and it's it it's expressed that those same qualities are expressed differently in women. It's hard to put a perfect definition around it, but I think the main thing is is that all of that is to be is to be directed and placed at the service of those that are entrusted to our care. God, as you said you, you said it so much better. Than no, that. no, you said it. Dang you it. said it very well. You're so you said it very well. But I, but I just so I I think that um, and that that means that you know we have to grin and bear with a lot. We're called to grin and bear with a lot, and um, and uh, you know keep our chin up and and uh, trim our sails and uh, head into the wind, you know. And <laughs> but that doesn't mean that we can't have emotions or we can't have moments, you know, when we're frustrated or right. we we uh, you know I don't I don't think that it's actually easier to talk about this I think by saying what not to do. Like, yeah, that's like don't true. stuff your that's emotions, right, you know. Right, right. Don't. Yeah. Don't don't give license to your to your sexual prerogatives or right. desires or appetites. You know, there's it's a lot easier to say what not to do, in order to be a good man. Because as soon as you start saying what you should do, it's like, well, shouldn't every human do that, whether you're male or female? It's like, sure. well, yeah, right. right. But there there are definitely certain ways that men can abuse their masculinity. Yeah, um, they they can uh, uh, they can abandon their responsibilities very easily, it, more easily than women, I think. And uh, and men can also abuse their power and make people feel the pressure of their of their strength. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. and I and I think that we're called like Christ, uh, you know, to uh, to be very strong in service of the weak mm. and uh, yeah. in the little and and the vulnerable and the dependent and so on and so forth. Um, and that's what I think Christ really models. I mean, that's that's the revelation of His heavenly Father. And um, you know, you mentioned earlier some some personalities, but you know there there are there's you know name drop there's you know Andrew Tate's out there and he's he's become very popular and and I mean he says some good you things. Mean but Andrew, he, Tate? <laughs> Andrew Tate, Andrew Tate, talks like this and yells at everybody whenever he talks. <laughs> well, that's not a very good impersonation, but anyway. <laughs> but, but I mean, but there's just a lot of stuff out there that I think is kind of I I just think it's way off. Yeah. Um, but and there's Jordan Peterson. He's another one, and I think, I think he's been um, much more solid for young men. I think you know, like his Twelve Rules for Life and some of that stuff is just excellent. Um, I think he's provided good guidance, and and I think the thing is, is he's a he's a father and a husband who's also suffered a lot, and he's also shown a tremendous amount of courage in suffering, in the face of a lot of opposition and a lot of criticism in the public arena, and and he's admirable. You know, I don't agree with every single thing he says on a psychological front because I do think he's missing that Christian, that that ultimate Christian perspective of, you know, what Christ models of the Father. But, mm. 
but he's not far off, like in a lot of things that he says. So just, I would sort of, it's a good place to end just to say that, you know, there's, there's, there's good guides, you know, along yeah, the, yeah. the road to, to an authentic masculinity and manhood, and there's bad guides. And uh, really, we should be looking to, uh, to our Lord, and we should be looking to, um, there's so many wonderful male saints, you know, um, very recently, of course, you know, people like John Paul II, um, you know, who had so much not only to say, but he modeled such a such a beautiful integrated ma- manhood and masculinity in his role as pope. So we could go on and on about that. Maybe that's another another day, another talk, topic Perhaps. to talk about some of the masculine role models that we see in the lives of the saints and their personalities and their and their um, and, and some of their achievements. You know, so but. I think we we're at a wrap here. Yeah, that was good. That was good, man. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess until next time. Until next time. The Wise Guys Podcast is a production of Preambule Group, a Catholic ministry dedicated to helping you thrive in the heart of Jesus. Visit us on the web at preambula.org and follow us on social media.